Hello, 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 everybody. It's Conversations with Keisha, episode two. And yes, it has been a long time, about five months since I recorded a podcast. But here we are today with... Tyra Oliver. Tyra Oliver. And today we're going to talk about interracial relationships. A little background information on interracial relationships. In 1958, Mildred and Richard Loving were sent to jail for marrying interracially. During this time, a white man and a black woman or any race combination for that matter, was politically and socially incorrect. All they wanted was to be together for the rest of their lives, and they weren't going to let a racist society dictate their dreams. They took their case to the court and won, setting the stage for interracial relationships to be accepted all over. Explain to me how you met your husband. Um, Basically, I met him at work. Um, he was normal. He was cool. He was, you know, polite and everything. And we didn't date until after I left the job that we met at. Pretty much, he asked me out the day I left. Um, yeah. And your husband is? He is white. He's I am. White. I'm black. I look black. He <laughs> <laughs> got the afro and everything. He is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white man. <laughs> um... Tell us some things that you and your husband have in common. Like, do y'all like the same music? Culturally, is it any? Is his culture, him being a white male, different from you being an African American woman? Um, not really. And see, that's the thing. He he grew up similar to how I did. You know, we both are fairly conservative in our views, and you know, he has traditional values, and and I have very traditional values. So. That was actually the most important thing to me. And as far as like cultural things, I mean, there's a few differences, but by and large, I would have to say, you know, we're pretty similar. As far as cooking, does he have a Southern style African type of cooking or like, do you need to season the chicken for him when <laughs> well, the seasoning a little off for your taste? Well, actually I do most of the cooking, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I would say he would disagree with this, but you know, he his taste is a little bit more Caucasian. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like as much salt as no, you he like. Likes, he likes the seasoning and the salt. He he loves it. It's different, and he actually likes it. So that is a difference. So, like, what is one of the favorite parts of your partner's culture that you really like that is different from your culture and how you were raised? Well, okay, so like I said, we're both very conservative and traditional in our values and everything, but with a lot of times with us, we grow up from the time we're very small children where, you know, you're, you're black, people are going to treat you different because you're black, there's all this discrimination out there, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with preparing for your children for that, but like they don't have that they're not constantly being told from the time they're basically toddlers that people are out to get you and everything and i feel like that creates a freedom with them that we don't have and i, I think that's one of the biggest differences because like for example like if if 
we're faced with some kind of issue or something that I'm going to be like, well, maybe we should not do this or go there. But but he's going to be like, you know, like a horror movie white guy. It's going to be like, hey, guys, let's do this. Let's yeah. check that out. Like, does he like to do like skydiving and stuff? Something <laughs> that black people don't use. Stereotypically, we don't do skydiving and snowboarding and he, surfing. He's very recreational. <laughs> he, he swims and all those other stereotypical. So when he goes to swim, things. do you go, I can't go get my hair wet? Um, I, he, <laughs> he tried to teach me how to swim. Yeah, that I almost drowned. <laughs> so you don't know how to swim? Yeah, I don't know how to swim because, you know, we, quote, unquote, we don't do that. But, mm. you know, there's something he's like, wait, you don't know how to swim? I'm like, no, the stereotype. So he's there. like shocked. So it's true. Yeah. Like stuff that he feels more free to do and, and, and just think about. Like it's things where I was told was dangerous or something that we should second guess because that's not something we do so you live in clayton mm -hmm. the um the hurricane that just came with the flooding were you scared when you saw that water being that you can't swim um no and no not really um uh, because it's it wasn't that bad there believe mm -hmm. it or not so you know anytime it, like a fear of water for me is kind of normal so mm -hmm. it's not something i think about <laughs> But yeah, it actually wasn't that bad up there with the hurricane and everything. Now, was it weird for you to come home with a white man? Did you? How did your parents and your family? You, we have our sister here, her twin sister. So how how was that? Maybe she can comment a little bit on. Well, you know what? Before I go into this, how how did you react? Because you knew him before. Because we all worked at the same place. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't think negatively or anything about you dating a white guy. Um, I was just more like, wow, Tyra, wow, Tyra's dating, and you know, just the you know the change of it, of circumstances of you dating at all. I was you know concerned about how he was as a person, if he was gonna be crazy, stuff like that. But now, it wasn't weird about it being white, per se. <laughs> now, you're both twins and you've been together your whole life inside the womb and all of that. Do you feel like her being a married woman cuts into your time with your sister? Mm, I mean, I expect her to have her own life, her own household and everything. Um, she's not married to anybody, you know, anybody crazy or somebody that is you know abusive or anything that was my main concern so yeah he's a decent man so i don't really mind now and i'm over a lot and he lets me use his playstation so. <laughs> how what are your views on dating white men your sister likes white men what are your views on dating white men um i don't care i don't care about people having interracial relationships I you don't see Yep, I don't see anything wrong with it. I would not be opposed to dating a white guy or any other, or a black guy or any other race of man myself. Is um, my only concern would be my biggest concern is does he have similar values to me? Mm -hmm. Now, 
Did you're married, you? so your next step would be... Well, actually, I'm going to go back because you asked how the rest of the family <clears throat> reacted. Uh-huh. Okay, so... Because I had a non-reaction to it, really. <laughs> yeah, so my sisters really didn't mind. I have two sisters and a brother. My two sisters didn't mind, and, uh, of course, my twin sister met him and knew him because we all worked together, mm-hmm. but... Well, not but I make it sound all bad and everything. My parents were surprised. Uh, when I first dated him for about the first month, I would say, <laughs> I didn't tell them. Because actually, he reminds me a lot of my dad mm-hmm. and like, his outlook on life and everything. So I, instead of expecting that they would not like him, I figured at some point once they got to knew him, they would like him so they would try to be all like when you're getting married when you get married like mm-hmm. put a lot of pressure in the situation uh-huh. so you so, didn't tell them not because he was white because you but because you didn't want your relationship to have a lot of pressure exactly because I, I picked somebody that i knew mm-hmm. would basically fit into into the family with everything so i knew that they were the type of people who mainly looked at how somebody is and you know their values and who they are rather than necessarily the race mm-hmm. so when i first told my parents i actually told my mom before i told my daddy and i didn't tell my brother because i didn't want to put because he actually stays you know here in our hometown with my mm-hmm. parents and you know, I didn't want to basically have him, you know, hold that in and feel like he's lying to my parents or anything. So I told my mom first and she was, first she looked, cause I was like, here, I'm talking to this guy and this is him. And I showed her a picture and she looked and it was, you know, just her looks. She was a little bit shocked. Yeah, she's like, hmm. <laughs> Was this What's the first? Here? Was this the first white man that you brought home? Believe it or not, it, I didn't tell people this until I until after I got married. He's actually the first person I dated. Ah, oh, the first person you dated was a white man. So you yes. have no experience with the black man. Um, like with, as far as dating, mm-hmm. I mean, not no. Mm-mm. So did you know when you were younger that you preferred a certain? Did you? Did you know that you preferred a certain color or you just prefer a certain set of values? Uh, it's mainly about the values. Like, that's the number one thing because I'm a born-again Christian. My whole family is Christians, go to mm-hmm. church, and that was number one for me. So it wasn't like I was saying, I'm going to find me a white man. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a situation where I thought all black men were terrible or, you know, there's no good black men out there. That wasn't a part of it for me. It was because a lot of my friends were either, you know, dating marrying black men or, you know, were. I had black male friends who Mm -hmm. were decent guys, Christians and and all of that. So it wasn't like there's no good black men out there because they exist. Okay, so you are married. Mm -hmm. The next step in your relationship is probably kids. Lord willing, (laughs) that is. Um, yeah, we're, you know, just living life. Um, we're actually, me and him are both starting businesses right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a business with my sister. And he's starting a business. So that takes up most of our time. And um, 
But yeah, hopefully at some point, you know, our fur babies will have some company. Uh, (laughs) Now, as far as kids, um, I understand that he's a Caucasian and you're African-American. I'm a mixed child Mm -hmm. and I have a daughter that's a mixed child. As far as, let's see, race. Like, are you going to teach them traditionally black stuff to be scared of water? Or are you going to teach them to like to swim and not be scared of water? Or Well, I definitely want to, you know, he, you know, I married him for a reason. And, you know, I feel like it's an advantage to be able to do things and, and not be scared of stuff and paranoid about people always doing something to you. So in that respect, you know, I definitely want my husband to give them that level of freedom to feel like they can do things like the swimming, the, you know, Snowboarding. just the adventure, the sense of adventure and recreation and, and stuff like that. You know, I'm, I see that as an advantage. So definitely um, as far as teaching them about like black culture, where we mm-hmm. came from, my family history, um, I'm, adamant that they understand that but not to be like well somebody's going to shoot you in the street but more like you know this is your history and you know it's something to be proud of really either way like either side of the family you have something to learn from and be proud of so with all the things that are going on racially with around our new president donald trump and the people getting shot by the police Mm -hmm. mostly black people um when you watch the news and you and your husband watch the news mm-hmm. do y'all sit and discuss that like you know um we did because er, sort of earlier on in the relationship it was kind of like i had this sense of fear about everything because i was just constantly on the news and and watching all that kind of stuff and i'm like oh no um you know if i have a kid what's gonna happen and you know, we're, we're going to get shot down in the streets and, and arrested and beaten, all this stuff. But then, like, he, he was, ve- he's in general very compassionate of a person. So he, mm-hmm. he kind of understood and, and everything, but he kind of allowed me to work through some of that and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I might be getting ahead of our discussion here, but some of that is, it's like, like I was saying before, I want to have my children understand the world that we live in, but without bringing in a lot of the negative, or I don't want them to overcorrect and be fearful of the world, mm-hmm. or feel like, you know, they're they're basically doomed because they're black. Because yeah. I feel like that side of it does more harm than good. What do you feel like, being that we do live in the South, Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of racist people still out and about, and what do you fear for your children as far as in the future and them going to school and having to face racism or, you know, saying, hey, your mom's black and your dad's white and we don't like that and stuff like that. What would you, what would you tell your child? Um... Well, first of all, I <laughs> decided to homeschool my kids. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good option. <laughs> yep. Um, not just for that, but for other things, too. But, um, again, you know, tell them, give them the information. And, you know, as he or she or they have concerns or questions about it, 
me and, and my husband address that and in an age-appropriate manner not to make them be afraid mm-hmm. of, of everything and not you know just want to check out but you know kind of make them aware that it's going on but it's still something that you should you should take and make the best of the situation there's um, a a lot of discussions about um February is Black History Month. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of things online of white people saying, well, we don't have a, a month. Why do black people have a month? What do you feel about that? Um, I feel like a lot of people are just getting triggered about this for no reason. It's like, okay, so there's a Black History Month. So, I mean, it doesn't mean anybody's better than anybody. Honestly, I wouldn't care if there was, if nobody had a month. I mean, you know, it's not that big of a deal to me really because mm-hmm. um, growing up in my house we just always were told about history and things and I read a lot my parents made sure I was well read all the time about our history <laughs> so does it I don't care okay so what what is the worst form of racism that you have faced or you faced with your husband as an interracial couple um, actually we haven't. Um, most people, I mean, I'm sure there's people out there who disagree with it or whatever, but nobody comes up to us and says anything to us negatively, not to him, not to me. Um, even, you know, older white people don't have a problem with it. If they do, they don't tell us. Um, you know, black men actually get along well with my husband. And, you know, so they don't make it a big deal and people don't say anything to us about it negatively. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, this is funny, we had a situation one time where we were at a Bojangles and um, this, we were sitting just having breakfast and, and this older white man was behind us and when we got up and left, he, he looked at my husband and was like, that's a good choice. <laughs> So he, he complimented your his choice in women. Yeah, and people like our age and stuff even, it's like, oh, that, you know, y'all are so cute. It's like, you know, some of the conversations we have is just crazy. Now, a lot of things go on about black women and their hair. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't understand it. Me, my child has mixed hair. So mm-hmm. going from my hair to hers, it is slightly confusing now does your husband understand like all your hair products and your hair routine and sometimes you might have to sleep with a bonnet sometimes you might not and well like at first it, <laughs> so we didn't spend a night and all that stuff before we got married uh-huh. i didn't tell him about all of this stuff he knew about the natural hair thing in general because i told him when i was in college i cut off all my hair and why i did it he was like oh, okay okay that's cool and he was like, well, I wonder what your hair looks like when it's wet, stuff like that. <laughs> and, um, you know, and the bonnet came out on our wedding night. And he didn't say anything. You wear a bonnet on your wedding night? Girl, I wear a bonnet all the time. <laughs> he never looks like, what is that on your head? <laughs> he never questioned me about it. But then later on, I was like, what did you think about this? And he was like... He didn't realize at the beginning that it would always be there. <laughs> so the bonnet is a, a part of your relationship. It's part of your night routine. It, it goes to bed with both of you. <laughs> yes. Our relationship got three people in it. 
me, him, Jesus, and the bodies. <laughs> Yeah, I know a lot of men who say it's like, yeah, she wears it on her head. You don't do you do you wear it outside to stores or is no, it strictly no, at no, home? No, no, girl, I got home training. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the house, but he hasn't said anything. He, you know, he he's pretty open-minded, pretty chill about things. Now, sister, mm -hmm. what do you feel about her stories and about what she says about her children? Because are you dating now? Um, no. Um, but you're know. looking forward to dating and maybe getting if married. If a decent, upstanding man approaches me, I would. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about the things that she was just saying about her and her husband and her bonnet? <laughs> <laughs> the bonnet is hilarious. Um, wow. It's just weird to me that people find a bonnet weird. Been sleeping with headscarf since we were little kids, so man, that's weird. Um, you gotta remember, like Caucasian people, we, they don't sleep with bonnets. Yep. Like my yeah. hair, I don't sleep with a bonnet. That's right. So, yeah, don't. they don't. So it some things that we, yeah, black you people take do it for are weird. Just being normal. That's not. Now with the reactions with your aunt that she said to them being an interracial couple. Mm -hmm. Now one thing is if y'all are just mentioning each other and passing, but the other one's not there. Like let's say you're talking to a coworker or somebody just at the store and past me you mentioned oh my husband or he mentions oh my wife a lot of people do not imagine that y'all will be in a interracial um relationship though and they do get kind of surprised yes. yeah they don't they do not expect little black you and he mentions his wife yeah i told him that and he was because um like she said when most people when I, i'm like oh my husband this my husband that there's mm -hmm. they're imagining six foot brown skinned guy mm -hmm. yeah and then when they see him or they you know see a picture of us like oh okay she she has a white man. <laughs> yeah, that's not people's first thought. And I told him when people mention, you know, when he mentions his wife and they don't know me, they assume, they probably imagine she's a blonde haired, blue eyed little southern girl with her. With the monograms. With the monograms <laughs> and, and the sweaters and the, the southern, the little OBX stuff. So you don't have any of those things? <laughs> no, I don't. I so you're not trading in your black car for any of the little. Sweaters. Not, not the monograms. Not the monograms. Mm -hmm. Not a fan. Now, what is something that you bring to your marriage that is from, you know, being a black woman that you mm -hmm. bring to your marriage? And then there's what is something that he brings to your his to your marriage as a white man that you come together and you think is good? Okay, so um, I would say for me, it's the food. Okay. <laughs> the seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just a, a historical context for things. And like, you know, because we're used to seeing like, oh, the ancestors, oh, what, what we went through in the past. And, and not to say he ignores those things, but for them, it's more you live in the present. Like a lot of people think, well, why don't white people... You know why are they always telling us to get over it and stuff he he now granted he's never told me to just get over slavery or anything like that yeah but we are more so aware of like a historical context for how how things got to be the way that they are mm -hmm. with them they're more so a lot of times they more so live in the present and the, you know for him because he's kind of a creative 
person. He he thinks more so future, present and future. Did you have to school him a little bit on slavery and how harsh it was on black people as as versus white people? I mean, not really. He's he's been around different types of cultures and people his whole life and and everything. So he he has an awareness of it. I didn't have to school him now. Like as far as personally relating to it and seeing certain things firsthand, like colorism and stuff, mm -hmm. I had to be like, okay, so you know this exists, but like, are you aware of just how deep this is? <laughs> because like he knows about racism and stuff like that, but um, like colorism, which he had seen with you know growing up with some of his friends, one would be like you know calling this one high yellow and this one mm -hmm. you know all the names and everything like he saw some of that and everything but like you know when I told him certain things or, or you know that my parents went through or that I heard growing up you know he's like wow this is a big deal how do you feel about the um the light skin versus dark skin thing it's a lot of colorism goes on within our own community that mm -hmm. actually has nothing to do with white people but just you know in slavery the light-skinned people would be the house servants and then dark-skinned mm -hmm. people were in the fields and nowadays a lot of people a lot of dark-skinned people feel like the light-skinned people are you know taking things from them because they white people would rather see light-skinned mm -hmm. people yeah, so like I can understand how, because I'm brown skin, I'm like right in the middle. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's very, it's a such a subjective thing. And to me, it's like um, how I feel about it. Um, I feel like we're all humans, and no matter what color or race you are, we are all made in the image of God. And that first and foremost needs to be respected. And in saying that, because that's what really allowed me to have compassion for people who I thought um, had a, a distinct advantage in certain things, whether it came to jobs, relationships, or whatever. Like having that compassion to see that these people, they are a, a human and they have their outlook and their problems just like a dark-skinned person would be. Or if this person is, you know, a dark-skinned person, you know, they have their issues um, just like the lighter person would be and I think if we kind of got back to thinking that way or some people never thought like that in the first place but for me once I started seeing people how God sees people as a human who, who no matter what you look like you need him that kind of allows you to have compassion for all the people where do you think that this um, colorism thing came from? A lot of people say it stems from slavery and the example I gave before, I get, um, house slaves and field slaves. Mm -hmm. Where do you think it came from, like in our own community? I mean, you could attribute it to that. Um, that definitely plays a part in it. Like, you know, from back in the day, we were put against each other, but a lot of it now comes from sometimes our own families, which I believe that's wrong. Um, not having compassion for the other person. Um, Do you feel like it's because one person is more insecure than that, the other? No, and that's the next thing I was going to say. A lot of it comes from insecurity. So you have some people who feel like, you know, this person may have an advantage as far as dating and relationships. And um, this person feels like, well, I'm not included. So, you know, I, I, you know, I can't answer this. You probably could have a better perspective on this but some people who might be lighter might feel like they're being excluded because of 
you know, their skin tone and and stuff like that. So it really comes down to insecurity. I think it comes down to insecurity because even when you look at it from a historical context and it's been passed down, at some point the you gotta stop passing the book and say this is what happens, this is why I feel like this, this is why I'm choosing to internalize all this, all these struggles and I'm gonna make it stop. Like for myself, being a brown skinned girl, um, I, you know, it was like, well, I don't really hate anybody per se, but you know, all the black men, this is way when I was like teenager in co or in college or whatever, it's like, it seems like a lot of these black men seem to prefer lighter girls or mm -hmm. you know non-black women and I want to get married and have a family because back then I just assumed that my only option would be to end up with a black man um, so I'm like if none of the black men like me then you know I guess I'll start my cat collection <laughs> <laughs> but you know that came getting rid of that sort of you know like well they have it easier than me that came with opening my eyes and seeing how mm -hmm. God really works and mm -hmm. there you know if he has somebody for you or something for you then your color is not going to be a problem with that well I recently I feel like you know a lot of brown skin or darker women are saying oh men only prefer the light skin and the mixed ones that ain't recent they, <laughs> well yeah it has been something and being that my perspective is God gave me this color. I didn't choose it as a fetus. This is the color I was given. If I was a brown skinned woman, I would still have the same attitudes to, towards my color. I would still have the same personality. And I don't understand, you know, it's it's hard to relate, well, I guess. Well, a lot of a lot of black women who, you know, a lot of them were that see this didn't happen necessarily in my family cuz my mm -hmm. mother is She's not like your complexion, but mm -hmm. she is a little bit lighter. And my sister, who's almost like a second mom, she was a little bit lighter as well. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see light-skinned women as necessarily the enemy. So some of this is, you know, like, you know, just it. When you see something that disproves the stereotypes, it makes you question it and not maybe internalize it as much. However, you have darker skinned women who were actively bullied by people who were supposed to love them. Some of them, like, people have some real issues, sexual assault, mm -hmm. you know, people, you know, in their family verbally abusing them, being bullied in schools, and, you know, those people have their own issues, and, and their, I'm going to call it what it is, their sin is rubbing off on people, you know, because they don't have themselves together, and then you have these little these little girls who are told something is wrong with them, or or whatever, and then they're growing up saying, "Well, if I was lighter, I wouldn't have these problems." Yeah, but for me, it's a little different. I purposely I do not date white men mm -hmm. because when I was three, I was sexually assaulted by an eighteen year old white male. It's just that I've tried to date white men. I just do not feel comfortable alone with them. But that's something that I don't blame all Caucasian or white people for. It's just something that's in me that I have to work out through. Now, I have friends that are white. I have managers that were white. I have, you know, I have a lot of people I talk to that were white, but, but they would never know that, you know, you wouldn't she doesn't. feel safe with that area of yourself being exposed to a black yeah. man. And I'm yep. sorry to hear that. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure your husband's a great man, and I probably would like him, but I, 
I wouldn't date him. Like, mm-hmm. so you don't have to worry about me trying to take your husband. <laughs> I'm not a light skinned woman trying to take your husband. I promise. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, that's, you know, that's what I'm saying, like all of these kind of issues come into play with that and we need to give each other grace to to heal from mm-hmm. stuff like that and, and go through what we're going through. Yeah, so you would never think, like, I think I'm the opposite of the stereotype of what a light-skinned woman is. I've been through struggles. Nothing was handed to me. I've been homeless. I've been pregnant at 18. I've been, you know, I've had minimum wage jobs I've had those things so when people lash out and they say oh I'm sick of light-skinned women they're everywhere and I'm just like there's nothing I can do about that you're gonna have to take that up with God or whoever (laughs) it's ridiculous and evil and if they can't show compassion because of their own insecurities yeah yeah and and that's a lot of it too like you know my my mother-in-law is a white woman Mm -hmm. and you know like i said before you know a lot of us were told that you know the not just the light-skinned women but the white women are taking our men but like my mother-in-law is a white woman and my sister-in-laws are white women yeah so you know i'm calling myself a christian and i love the lord and oh i'm this and that if I can't love those women like God commanded me to, I have a problem. And like, you know, it's my mother-in-law. I'm supposed to treat her the same as I would the mother that gave birth to me. I'm supposed to treat and pray for the, the white sister-in-law like I'm treating my sister beside me now. And, you know, yes, yeah, certain things could have happened in the past, but like I said before, the book has to stop at some point yeah at some point you can't keep being mad now when you all get to eat say you go eat at your mother-in-law's house do you bring like the banana pudding and fried chicken or (laughs) well (laughs) do you say hey i gotta cook this because they're not gonna cook this correctly Um, are there some foods that they exposed you to that you were like wow i didn't really think this would taste good i mean like medium rare steak (laughs) you don't yeah, we were always taught, like, not to eat. Girl, you better cook your food. Yes. Yeah, I, I love raw, or not raw, that, well, that's basically what it is, but rare steaks. It's I do, too. I actually, um, a medium, medium well is what I like because it, it's not as tough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I went to uh, Texas Roadhouse the other night with some girlfriends, and I got a medium well, and they all were looking at me like, girl, you better get a well-done <laughs> steak. And I'm just like, um, but it's tough to chew i don't want to break my teeth it's like eating a shoe yeah it is my um husband's grandfather was a butcher Mm -hmm. and he did not allow anybody to eat a well-done steak it's really hard to chew and then like the seasoning it's just like rubber that's what it feels like Mm -hmm. like you go to a steakhouse you want to get a good steak but you don't want a steak that's so tough you can't eat it Mm -hmm. so yeah that's something i've learned like just from you know our perspective as I identify as a black woman so as black woman is a women is a lot different from say Caucasian or white people mm-hmm. so what are some things that you see that are different that are you know you were shocked by well mainly just like like I said before their carefree attitude the stuff it's like did that really shock you when you met your husband like what in the world that was the biggest shock because <laughs> you know like you know, it's like I was saying, it's like certain things that we have internalized all these complex issues and stuff that we've been dealing with since, you know, we were toddlers and everything. Why do you think that we as black people internalize things and we're not as free spirited as Caucasian or white people? 
Well, because it's like you don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing because you, you want to continue to identify or be identified with that group. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us may overcorrect leading to the quote unquote the culture, that kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, it's like you want to be accepted by the group and identify with the group. You don't want to be considered a traitor. You know, you want to, in, in my case, honor your ancestors and everything so it's like this complicated situation and like they they don't tend to have that kind of baggage or that kind of pressure placed on them at such a young age Mm-hmm. what do you think some things that are outrageous that we as black people believe like uh all white people are rich <laughs> they're not all rich no they ain't girl <laughs> The credit thing. The credit, where they have yeah, good credit. They all have good credit. They're all rich. You know, they don't have drama. I've heard pretty much my entire life, oh, why don't black people get along and everything? Are you saying all white people get along? Because mm-hmm. they don't. They I know a lot of uh, people believe that black people have like baby mama and daddy drama. Have you seen any of that? With that white was- people? Yeah, yeah, I think that's unfortunate. Um, A lot of, I'm not saying it's an issue, it's absolutely not um, necessarily a race issue. Like, we need to be going the other direction as a overall people and Mm -hmm. having not broken homes. I don't don't wish that on anybody. Especially Um, children that come from broken homes. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I believe, but yeah, that is something that I've seen happen in you know some of the white families as well as the, the black people and and it needs to go the other direction we need a mother and a father in the home raising children like i'm probably gonna offend people and i'm sorry if it's if it takes if it's taken this way but parents need to be both in the home married raising children without dysfunction because i think that's gonna bring everybody up what do you believe as far as let's see i have a child that wasn't married i had a baby when i was 18 i was young i wasn't i wouldn't say in my right mind but i wasn't making smart choices Mm -hmm. and that's something that i i have to deal with um we are not together i have moved on to another relationship but we still co-parent and my current boyfriend is also co-parenting with my child also how do you feel about that i feel like this um it's something you have to make the best choices you can now that you're in the situation mm-hmm. and people shouldn't be a stumbling block to you to you know to tell you know to get in your way of making the best of the situation basically um however the ideal is still there um that's what we should be training our young children up to have stable families is this you know, God said it to be a certain way for a reason. It, mm-hmm. If it's not like that, you know, you make do and make the best of, of the situation you can. Mm, as far as your church, your husband's white and you're an African-American woman. What does your church congregation look like? Is it mostly black or do you go to a Caucasian church? Are you Catholic? Are you Christian? What are you? Um, right now, I just consider myself and he considers himself Christian. Um, fairly orthodox, quote fingers, orthodox uh, Christians. We believe in the Trinity. We believe Jesus is 
the only way to God, and he came through the virgin birth to die for our sins. So we're Christian. Um, I grew up in a missionary Baptist church, and he... Me too. (laughs) He grew up as a Pentecostal. Is it is it weird for you? Because I know in a Baptist church, I've been to one, and we have church all day, and we shout all day, and we hoot, and we holler, and we have testimony service for yeah. three and a half hours. See, I went to a Pentecostal church uh-huh. when I was in college, and so I got some of that, you know. Was it different? Did you go, uh, are we getting out it at was, one it o'clock? It modernized Pentecostal uh, service. Were you shocked at how like, short the church services are? A little bit, yeah, it was very refreshing. <laughs> now, see, hit... The crazy thing is a lot of people view like Sunday service as being the most segregated time, but he went to a black Pentecostal church with him and his sister and and brother-in-law for a while, so Mm -hmm. he was acclimated to the black church experience. So he wasn't shocked by that we have church until four o'clock in the afternoon. He was not shocked. And the church that we go to now is, you know, it's got its little ethnic flavor. But uh-huh. the congregation is mainly black people. Uh-huh. Um, but it's it's kind of modernized to have the shorter services and he don't have the second, third, fifth services of Sunday. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, that's that, good. that is good. That is good. Other um, interracial couples in yeah. that church too. Oh, yeah, my sister just said it's it's other interracial couples in the church as well. So, you know, pretty much everybody's welcome. And I I don't see the, at least in the congregations that I've been involved in, I just don't see it as taboo of a thing as it maybe has been in the past. Most people are, you know, pretty open-minded about that now. What do you think about the word jungle fever? Um, (laughs) I don't don't like it. Um, Actually, the crazy thing is somebody had attributed that to him early on in our relationship. Um, Somebody was like, oh, so you like, you like black girls now? He was like, no, I like her and we're dating now. So the term jungle fever doesn't offend you? Um, well, actually, not a lot offends me, but something like that would because it's, you know, it kind of implies that, you know, we're just the flavor of the month or, you know, the, the white flavor of the, the month. Norm, that's, but yeah. there's something different about us that's not normal. Like, you don't take us home to your mother. Just yeah, a lot of people have said, like, oh, is this is this your new trend or is this your new... Yeah thing to do like are you just dipping your toe in the water yeah and somebody a black man actually asked me why i married a white man instead mm-hmm. of a, a black man or whatever he, he wasn't like angry about it or whatever but um yeah somebody attributed that to my husband the whole quote-unquote jungle fever thing and, and mm-hmm. he did scold them and was like this you know i like her for her and that was that but like i was saying earlier you know we're all humans at the end of the day so that's you know he's a man i'm a woman that Uh that's it now the stereotypical what they say about caucasian men have you found out about your husband you know what i'm referring to (laughs) (laughs) okay so I'm clutching my pearls here. Yes. Um, okay, so all I'm going to say about that is everything is fine. Everything works the way it's supposed to. Are you excited to have bring a generation of mixed children into the world? Um, or do you think it will be challenging? 
I mean, having children in general seems to be kind of challenging no matter what the circumstances. So I, I just want to have some babies at some point. <laughs> All right, now thank you for sitting with us today, and I definitely enjoyed our conversation. So, won't you tell our listeners how where they can find you on your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you have? Okay, so my Facebook is going. I don't. You know what? I'm not going to lead people to my personal Facebook <laughs> um, unless you're already there. Then you're fine, and you can stay. But my website is jauntycatart mm-hmm. or jauntycatgraphics.com spell, spell it for them because you know some of us can't spell yeah <laughs> let me pull this up here on my phone to make sure I spell it right it is going to be jauntycatgraphics that's j-a-u-n-t-y graphics.com jaunty, jauntycat graphics normal spelling of graphics.com I am on Instagram. Um, that's going to be Jaunty Cat Art at Instagram. Um, what else do I have? That's about you, it. You didn't tell us about your business. What was your you and your sister have a business together? Yeah. So my sister and I are actually artists. Okay. I am. I do oil paintings, and mm-hmm. my sister does like pen and ink drawings and acrylic acrylic paintings. Um, we do fantasy thing work. Mine has actually a fantasy christian type of thing mm-hmm. and my sister does something called steampunk which is kind of like you know this fantasy theme stuff with like it's like victorian this victorian 1800 style but science fiction yeah so we do uh, basically art um fantastical themed <laughs> and you know we have a lot of stuff coming out with that so Okay, sister, how can we catch you? Where can we catch you at? Um, yep, the same. I'm not giving out my Facebook, my private personal Facebook either. So, at Jaunty Cat Graphics and Jaunty Cat Art. Are you, do you sell the art, right? Yep. <laughs> okay, cool. So, I will definitely be checking out that website and see what you have up there. All right, everybody, if you want to um, catch more of this podcast or listen to other things, it will be at www.theculturesus.com. Twitter is the same, The Culture Is Us. Facebook, The Culture Is Us. And on Facebook, you can follow me at Keisha LaCole. That's it. We're done.